Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,210. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in North Las Vegas, Nevada, with a very special guest by the name of Christopher Davenport. Chris, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Awesome. I'm so excited. Thank you. We'll have some fun here. Now, before I introduce you and we dive into your world, what's one little thing, Chris, that most people don't know about you? I think because we're publicly traded, I think the whole world knows about me, you know, <laughs> Constantly uh, scrubbed. Uh, I grew up with a single mom in Portland, Oregon, and um, she was uh, fire. You know, just a she's like lightning in a bottle, and uh, he fought for me and fought for uh, for my voice. And but uh, I worked in a flea market as a young boy. I started my I got a motorcycle when I was three years old from my father. You know, just a colorful childhood. I had a crazy grandmother. Uh, she had I always call them uh, fictional characters uh, that would come in and out of my life as a young boy. One of those characters' names was Crackers, he, and he was a heavy smoker. He was blind in one eye, and he was like, Chris, what are you doing? Come here, I want to talk to you, Chris. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah, she, uh, her, uh, another guy, Sandy, was a bank robber. He what? Did, uh, 10 years in the federal pen. I was just a little kid, a little nine, 10 year old. Wow. My grandmother was, uh, she was a fighter. She was mean and uh, she would never touch her grandchildren. Very loving. But any of the uh, people that came around would just get, uh, you better be ready for a fight. In fact, the first time my mother brought home my father to meet my, my grandmother, her mother, she looked at her husband and said, beat his ass. Oh my God. Literally my, my father got in a fight, fist fight with my grandmother's husband on the on the day she met them so oh wow <laughs> they were they were crazy wild people back they were like the wild wild west anyway i guess so well maybe some of that fire uh the positiveness of that fire transferred over to you and that's how you've been so successful in business so uh, wow what a story well you know they say something uh, you can't pick your family right i mean it is what it is so uh you work with it and deal with it and uh but nice you had a mom that stood up for you and took care of you uh that's important for sure. Moms are great. So let me give you a proper introduction. Christopher Davenport is the founder of Auto Parts 4, that's the number four, less the first automotive-specific multi-seller online marketplace that aspires to provide both buyers and sellers with the best experience possible. Their mission is to create a world-class e-commerce marketplace that aggregates these automotive parts sellers from the automotive parts buyers by utilizing integrated technologies that optimizes listings, sellings, and shipping of auto parts this is very cool a seamless digital experience that creates value for the entire automotive industry everybody's a win-win chris built his first brand liftkitsforless.com from nothing into a multi-million dollar e-commerce powerhouse his history of implementing innovative technologies will prove auto parts for less to follow in its success and the future we'll be back in just a moment but first a word from our sponsors they keep the fuel in the tank here so give them a little bit of love and we'll be right back Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions. Plus, it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's very soft, it's breathable, 
and it's easy to store while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, well, simply add their gust guards for those windy conditions for extra protection. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and specifics that have been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and your watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover, whether it's stored inside or out. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Fall is here and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail order catalog company grew into a multi-website based e-commerce store and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, Chris, we are back. Very interesting. You built one brand. You're building another brand off the successful design, I would would guess, of lift kits for less. But let's maybe go back a little bit further. And what brought you into this automotive world? Yeah, so my journey into the auto auto parts world or in the automotive world is uh, probably not your normal or typical path. Growing up, my father was a gearhead, always working on vehicles, loved to restore vehicles. And and that wasn't my passion. He, he was always covered in grease. And I was like, you know, and then my mom and father uh, we got divorced. when I was about six years old. So I really didn't spend a lot of time around him. But what time I did spend with him, he, um, like I said, was always covered in grease. And that just seemed like something I wasn't really interested in doing. So I ended up my formal training was uh, uh, for a dental school. So I went to dental school. And, um, and then after I graduated, I started um, working here in Las Vegas. And 
My father, through a series of challenges, ended up moving in. He had an RV and I was on an acre and he moved in with me and he brought six of his cars down. Well, I, I, I helped him get them down here and he, uh-huh. he just continued on his, uh, you know, uh, love of working on cars. And he knew he was a sales guy that loved to fix cars and flip them. And that was his thing. And so um, when he got down here, I, I actually transitioned, got out of the dental business and started fixing, uh, buying cars uh, at auction and trying to sell cars. And that was, uh, I was horrible. Um, in the dentistry, you want to make everything perfect and you're held to this very high standard. And so I was trying to fix these cars and I was just horrible at it. One day, these lifted trucks came through the auction and they were bringing substantial money. And I knew nothing about lifted trucks. I had no tools, but that's where the money was. And so I bought six, uh, six trucks and various levels of disarray. I had no idea what I was buying. Wow. <laughs> the diversity of those six trucks was incredible. I had a 6.0 Ford, and anybody knows about the 6.0 Ford knows uh, the challenges that motor um, presented. And then, yeah, I bought uh, a Cummins and I had independent front suspension, solid axle front suspension. Just So I started tearing down one of those trucks. It was a 2000 uh, GM 2500 non HD for the guys out there. This was the three door, which is a pretty unique truck. Had this little leak and it was just dripping on my driveway and it was driving me nuts and i'm like well that little leak can't be hard to fix so i went inside I literally had no tools and i found a pair of pliers i came out and i grabbed a hold of that fitting where it looked like it was leaking and i went to turn the fitting and turns out it was aluminum and it just kind of wrapped itself around itself sure yeah totally destroyed it and then i was like and it just one thing after the next i just literally started tearing this truck apart in my in my driveway and uh I just fell in love with tearing this thing apart. I was so intimidated and uh, thank God for YouTube. So I would go on YouTube and I'd like, where does this go and that go? And I started ordering tools every day. Literally it felt like Christmas every single day. <laughs> and uh, I tooled up, you know, I got impacts and I tore that everything off the front end of that thing short of the motor. So, and I, you know, I taught self-taught myself the auto industry and then coupled with my father moving down, he loved working on vehicles. I'm working on vehicles. So we really connected around that something I never expected. My father was a tough man. You know, he was, I was very different from my father. He was, you know, getting in fistfights in the sixties and just this, uh, just a different breed. And thank God I was raised by my mom because as much as I love my father, you know, I, that path probably would have led to a lot of, of destruction. And I, cause I saw that anyway. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is a very interesting transition. I would have never thought that go from dentistry, which is a huge commitment. And then to tearing old trucks apart in your garage, which led you to create lift kits for less, right? That's right. So I tore the trucks down and then I started ordering lift kits. And in a, and the funny thing is I, I'd restore these trucks. I spent a mint and then I'd go sell them at auction, still lose money. That was the worst, <laughs> I'm the worst car guy. Not the best flipper. Hadn't quite dialed that in yet. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. But um, during that I was selling cars on eBay and I, I got I think it's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do is sell a car on eBay because people want to touch the car, they want to smell the car, they want to see the car, you know, so I'm doing videos and I am, I really became really a listing expert on eBay, still lost money, but, uh, <laughs> but I got really good at eBay and um, I was able to buy these lift kits about 30% back on wholesale from a, a company out of Minnesota. And I said, Hey, 
are you able to, to, to ship these to my customers? And they said they could. And I thought, you know, I'm going to list these kits on eBay and just see if I have any success. So I, I put up 10 kits and I really presented myself as a Ma Pa install center. I had no installation center. I was just working on my house, but I, I, I actually became pretty skilled at, at suspension. I have a server's heart. I love helping people. Death three, very much right. Your, your, your. Well, medicine, yeah, to care for others. That's the creed. Do no harm. Yeah. I listed, right? I list the 10 kits on eBay. And the first week, I sold $6,800 in lift kits. Never touched it, just created the listings, shipped directly from the wholesaler to the consumer. And I put $1,600 in my pocket. You learned about the word dropship. And it just, the, <laughs> you know, the blinkers were going off. And I'm like, well, if I do 10 kits, yeah. what is a business with 100 kits? What's a business with? thousand kits. And so my life pivoted at that very moment into e-commerce. And um, that was a huge education because I had no real training in technology and coding and, you know, trying to figure all that out. So that, that's now, what, what, year, what year was that? So 2013, I created the LLC. Okay. And so 13, I was in the car business. 14, I started uh, listing on eBay and 15, I, I got a building and, and hired my first IT director. Wow. Yeah, this is really cool because I worked in the direct mail catalog business for 20 something years, which evolved into e-commerce because when I started in that business, there was no e-commerce. I mean, it really didn't exist. And then we had to transition into that. And there's a, a massive amount of moving parts to this whole thing. But what I, is fascinating, what we did is we sourced parts, branded them, warehoused them and shipped them. Huge expense in all of that. And a lot of moving pieces, a lot of people required, but what you're doing here, and I'm, I'm making a transition here for us into auto parts for less, is you're providing a one point shopping source that then branches out like a giant spider web to all these other companies so that I don't have to go searching all over the place. I can just go to one place. Did I, did I pencil that about right? Yeah, that's the exact problem with our industry today. You, you highlight two challenges. One is being a business owner and the owner in the auto parts. So which path do you take? Do you be a drop shipper? Do you hold equipment? Do you hold product? Do you rebrand it? Do you hire employees? Do you get software? Do you get a warehouse? It's expensive. Well, that, and that's the vast majority of the backbone of America. You just captured it in that statement. And so those people, men and women, and I meet them every day, they are busting their butts, especially in today's day and age where you have inflation and fuel and cost of shipping and cost of labor and even trying to get people to show up to work, right? It's tremendously challenging. And then the think, there's no voice for them, meaning they go to Amazon, you're, you're an absolute number as a seller on Amazon. You're, you, want, you are destroyed financially. There is no margin. It's pay to play. And I can go in all the challenges that Amazon presents. But now for a buyer, and that includes me <laughs> and maybe you, it's an, it's an amazing buying experience. And that's why you know they've had tremendous success. The other side of that is eBay, who is the largest seller of automotive parts in the world. The challenge with eBay, it was never designed to sell an automotive part. They have a very limited title, mm -hmm. only 80 characters. And that is insanely too small for, for us guys as because uh, you have your make model, submodel, and trim. That alone can be 80 characters. Yeah. So we took the best of eBay and the best of Amazon to create auto parts for less and really giving a voice back to 
our industry, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're not exploiting it. Um, in my opinion, the way that with eBay and Amazon and now Walmart, they have distribution, they have the buyers, but they're not catering and, in my opinion, helping these ma pa install centers, these small drop shippers, the small medium sized manufacturers. And so that was was my goal. And I think it goes back to my roots in dentistry, wanting to help people. And I just felt like I sold through eBay. I had these real expensive $200 headsets. I'm throwing them across the room. They're exploding. I'm so PO'd at eBay because I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, that's it. I'm going to do this myself. And so. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. my hat's off to you. This is very cool. And really what it comes down to is the simplicity and ease of finding a part and buying it and having confidence in that part. And in a way, this entire COVID experience has probably expanded your world a bit because people were home. They had time to work on their cars more. They didn't want to go out or they were afraid to maybe because of COVID or whatever reasons. And to be able to just go online and then get a part, uh, like you say, with the Amazon experience. And, you know, I, I have this little brass fitting here. <laughs> and yesterday I needed this for my hose and ordered it at three o'clock and showed up this morning uh, when it was still dark outside. Oh, a little part. Now I could have gone to the Home Depot or wherever I had to go, but I didn't have to. I wanted to stay here and keep working, do what I'm doing. So you're providing that experience for us people that love to work on their cars, right? That's exactly right. And 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 it sounds very simple to execute, but it's never <laughs> no, it's, it's never been. Here's what's unique about the automotive industry or the the typical average automotive parts seller. The average automotive parts seller has two hundred thousand products for sale. Yeah. <laughs> And that's staggering when you compare it to any other sector of the U.S. retail economy. When you look at apparel or furniture, those catalogs maybe are 1,000 unique SKUs, products, 2,000. And then you look at one average automotive parts seller and they have 200,000. And this will blow your mind. Couple that with your year make model, submodel, and trim. And that file is bigger, substantially larger than just the description file. Auto Parts for Less, we loaded a data set last week, had about 500,000 parts. And these were hard, hard parts, wow. hard parts. They then sent us their, their vehicle fitment file, 330 million vehicles. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and then people are like, why has there ever been an auto parts only marketplace? You know, And the truth is, it is extremely difficult to manage large data sets. And, and so eBay and Amazon and Walmart do, and they're really good at it. So what we built with Auto Parts for Less, our starting point had to be an infrastructure, a technical digital infrastructure that was large enough, robust enough to allow millions of parts to be listed and then billions of API calls to update that data throughout the day. So things like your, your inventory. And so we're very much a software and a technology company today, unifying the parts industry, bringing together all the players and creating a voice and an ecosystem for us. Well, it's amazing because the company I was with when we went online and all of a sudden we had to incorporate that. And we drop shipped a few items, but not too many, mostly we branded items. So we went through all these extra steps, multiple shipping, had to get it to us, then had to get it to the customer. I mean, all these moving parts, it was so complex and expensive. And you add 
well, cost of diesel fuel, what's happening right now. Everything's gotten more expensive. We saw that, the company I was with, we saw that with uh, the um, recession due to the uh, housing market and how that affected. Now, in, us, in our case, it helped us because people were freaked out, so they didn't go out, but they stayed home and did what they loved, and that was play with their cars, which is similar to what, well, same kind of thing you guys are doing is for people that want to play with their cars, work on their cars, or if they don't have a job, they have to work on their cars and that they can get parts easier and rest assured. So it, it's really fascinating to me, and you're right, all these companies that used to not be technical in IT are now massively technical and that's why all these young kids have these jobs because you've got to go there that's what people expect today right absolutely absolutely and you, you know it's so interesting um every every part of the retail uh, sector of our economy has moved online it was really covid that spurred the auto parts industry to get online and so when you look at uh, the U.S. automotive, when I say automotive, it's, it's car, truck, electric combustion, new use. Well, really, it doesn't even count used, new. And then you throw in marine, you throw in power sports, motorcycle, that whole, and then it kind of moves. That's a $500 billion industry, yeah. right? And, it, and a trillion globally, but only today about 10% is, has, is online. So I think there's this huge upside potential for online purchasing and acceptance. Um, you know, it's so funny. I taught my father how to use eBay and he was a junkie. He was just hooked on eBay. He would just look at things, look at parts. So, um, you know, the world is uh, changing rapidly. COVID pushed everybody to sit at home or, you know, on their phone and just had time on their hands like you said, saving money or whatever it takes or requires, now people have embraced uh, buying online. And so we look forward to uh, connecting the enterprise seller. We're really we're really a hybrid of eBay and Amazon. Right now, um, who's joining our platform are t- tend to be large sellers, enterprise sellers, trusted sellers. So we really are creating a trusted, safe place. We're, we're definitely not eBay. Every seller who comes on our platform goes through an interview process. Um, we want to know what your history is, where you're coming from. We want to ensure buyers have a, a great experience from day one. And you do that by vetting who the sellers are. So we don't need tens of thousands of sellers like eBay. We need 200 kick-ass partners that are good in their sectors, whether they're a power sports seller, you know, marine seller, heavy-duty seller. You get about 200, and we have a... We have a powerful solution for buyers Um, and then build more value on top of that. Um, Things like get it installed or connecting uh, the the purchaser, the buyer to an installation center. Um, We recently deployed our uh, BOPIS, which is a horrible acronym for buy online, pick up in store. Um, So basically large retailers or any retail center, it just shows up on a Google map. You're like, oh, that's, that's like right around the corner. I can go pick that up now. So driving a lot of value to the retailers and making it as, uh, as convenient as possible. So if your car breaks down you, or it's about to break down, you know, you may not want to wait online. You may want to just run to a local retailer. And if we could drive a consumer into the retail store and help those retail retail centers um, bring back bodies into the store, we, we see that as a huge value to that to those retailers. Win-win. Yeah, and limited shipping and the challenges that shipping can present, now all that cost and damage and returns and so anyway. 
Very cool. I love it. Let's take another short break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. So sit tight. Don't drop that 10 millimeter socket. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars Yeah for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or Type in Renew 12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to linkagemag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. Cars Yeah! has teamed up with TechForce Foundation, one of our charities of choice, to help young people who love cars, problem-solving, and working with their hands pursue careers as professional technicians. From auto, collision, and restoration techs to motorcycle boats, race cars, and aviation, TechForce covers the gamut of technician opportunities. Technical education and the skills trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn how you can help to power the technical workforce at techforce.org today. So I like to ask my guests about big challenges, you know, building what you've built, uh, no doubt has had some challenges, probably still has some challenges building anything does. Uh, but when it comes to auto parts for less, uh, is there one big challenge that you at first or when you were going through, it was terrible, but as you look back, you went, man, that was a great learning lesson. Yeah. Thanks. So <laughs> thanks for bringing stopped. back that memory, Mark. <laughs> so when I look uh, back at peak COVID, it was November of 2020. So I went. I flew to San Francisco. This is peak U.S. COVID. I flew to San Francisco and I went to the uh, the consulate's office for India. And I, I knocked on the door. And a guy answers the door, and I and I'm like, I, I want a visa to go to India. And they're oh, hold on, wait. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the, the gentleman comes out. He was super kind. He said, you know, you really didn't need to fly all the way up here to do this. You could do it online. And I'm like, well, I'm just a guy that likes to get things done. And, Long story short, I was issued an emergency work visa. So I fly to India in the middle of peak COVID where, you know, wow. people are right. So I land in India and our, we have a, a programming team there. And I sat down and I spent all of November and all of December 2020 and all of January 2021. And we built 92 pages of what is called the UX experience of Auto Parts for Less, both the PC and the uh, mobile experience. Wow. So I'm over there all alone, no vaccinations. And that was terrifying at times um, because Indian healthcare and being very much an American. But I was 
Very different culture, very different world. I'm about to experience India Christmas Eve. We're flying to India for my son's wow. wedding. And uh, wow. yeah, so we'll be there for about two and a half weeks. Never been there before, uh, but we're going to meet up with our new family and uh, we'll have family there. But yeah, we, it's a very different culture. I've, I've heard, I've traveled a lot around the world and anytime you go somewhere different, but you add the COVID factor and the fear factor because at that time, nobody knew what the heck was going on. You just heard reports of, thousands of people dying all over the place and especially in foreign countries. So holy cow. That's how passionate I was about this project. And to be honest, as much as I'm not here to talk about my childhood, I had the craziest childhood. It sounds like it. Yeah. Characters that came in and out of my life. It's made me, uh, entrepreneurs have to be pretty fearless. You have to have a ton of grit. Every time you get knocked down, you get back up. Right. And so going to India at the time, really, you know, it's, it, it really, it really, you know, I've got three um, children and a wife and leaving them behind and going to the other side of the world in the middle of COVID. I guess in a way it sounds, you know, movie like a movie script or something. But in reality, I, I wasn't that freaked out. I mean, I got there and it sucks because you you want, you know, some American culture or just there's no Americans over there. And, and so it's like a fish out of water. And um, but anyway, that was awesome. Got through it. I uh, got back to the States. So yeah, that was my, uh, my, wow. yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. I can't even imagine. Holy cow. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit about some passion you have for cars because you're in the automotive industry. And I always ask my guests about one special vehicle in their life that's really stood out. Maybe share a story about that, about that ride. Yeah. You know, my father was, uh, you know, he, he would, I remember the first time he went to a demolition derby and I was probably five years old and I didn't get to go, man, that made me mad. I was, it was like an old beat up car and they had the metal roll bars inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't get to do that. But then when I turned three and a half, I'm sorry, it was Christmas. I would have been three and a half. I got a, a children's Indian motorcycle. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tiny, tiny little Indian motorcycle. And I remember the first time I got on it, it had training wheels and I just headed straight down the hill, the driveway, straight into a wood pile. Of course. <laughs> and uh, you know, and the, the, the day I remember the most after that was the day the uh, those training wheels came off and I kept it kept falling over. And, and those bikes back then were solid steel. They're probably, you know, probably 60, 70 pounds. Oh, my you gosh. Know. Yeah. And you were three and a half? Yeah, I was three and a half when I started riding that. And uh, wow. the day those training wheels came off, oh, the burn I was getting on my calf and my father was old school. Get your ass back on the horse. Screaming and yelling. Like, back on the, tears back down on my the horse. Yeah. Yeah, right. Wow. Holy. Now, so it was powered by gasoline. So it was actually. Yes, sir. It sure was. Okay. So like a mini bike, but it looked like a little Indian motorcycle. Yeah, it, it actually. You know the Honda 50s that just really didn't look like a motorcycle. Right. Kind of looked like a, but this looks looked like a, a real motorcycle. Yeah. Um, had you know uh, the dual shocks in the front and wow. Yeah, really looked like uh, a modern motorcycle. Um, and I I carted that motorcycle around with me through all the trials and tribulations of my life. And then in um, some time back, the show Pawn Stars. Uh, Rick Harrison was a, a buddy of mine. I knew him before the show, met him here at Starbucks, would have coffee and just talk in the morning, you know, typical guy talk. And his show takes off. And uh, I remember the day he came into Starbucks and goes, I got the deal. They're going to do pilots. Blah. You know, I was like, awesome. Way to go. You know. But uh, I called him one day and I said, hey, I've got this children's motorcycle. 
I can't find a thing on this bike. It is ultra rare. He goes, let me have the producer call you. She calls me and says, let's film on Tuesday. My head's spinning. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So you were on Pawn Stars. I was on Pawn Stars and they restored the bike. Uh, just an uh, awesome story. And so I actually got to ride it as a mid 40 year old guy from when I was three years old. And, you know, I just hung on to that. It was the only thing I really remembered my father giving me. And for whatever reason, I just uh, never let go of it. So wow, cool story. I had a, I had a Trail Seventy Honda Trail Seventy. My sister and I both had one. We used to go down camping in Baja California and ride our, those bikes up and down the beach. And uh, but they definitely didn't look as cool as a children's Indian motorcycle. That's for sure. But they were certainly a lot of fun. So I'm going to be your car psychologist. I've got a diploma on the wall somewhere around here. Still looking for it. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. If you were manifest, that is reincarnated. As a vehicle, what would Chris be? But more importantly, why? You know, I love racing. I have just an absolute love for racing. So if I was going to be incorporated, it'd be 1983, and I would be a Carl Yarborough's uh, mellow yellow car. Um, just <laughs> love it. Yeah. So. I love. Well, there you go. Yeah, love racing. And now, what is it about? Is it about him or the car that you identify with? You know, just um, growing up uh, with really no uh, means, financial means to um, to be a boy, do boy things. And, you know, it was hard as a young boy. I'd see other um, males uh, with their fathers, and yeah. you know. So um, I just loved um, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings watching NASCAR on TV and just loved watching those, those guys uh, race around and once I found, had a professional degree and I was making good money, I started racing go-karts and that was a lot of um, oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, That was an eye-opening, jolting experience because I thought I knew how to race and I thought I knew I was fast and I found out real quick I knew nothing about <laughs> it. Yeah, need some training to go fast in a go-kart. But Well, that's pretty cool. Have you been to some NASCAR races? You know, yeah. So that, when I started racing uh, go-karts, um, there was I was in my mid-30s and um, there was a young... Uh, at the track here in Las Vegas, it was, uh, it was, um, you know, Vegas is such an international destination and a U.S. destination. They'd often hold um, the big races there, the big regional and nationals were there. Right. And one of the up and coming uh, drivers was this uh, young man by the name of Matt Jaskell. Uh, Matt is, uh, is now in his mid thirties. Uh, and I, I followed his career because he was the next big name in racing. And, uh, like so much about racing is about not just talent, but having the funds to go race. Uh, that's, that is the biggest part by far from, from the hundreds of racers I've interviewed. Absolutely. So I, here I am pulling from that, my professional careers, you know, I'm ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and working hard. And yeah. Never had the opportunity to um, get into NASCAR or sponsor NASCAR, but just through series of craziness next thing you know i'm sitting in a car hauler at las vegas motor speedway matt's sitting next to me carl long who owns uh, mbm motorsports you know they're like uh, i was looking as we were growing lift kits for less to start branding that and somehow help my buddy matt get into a drive and we put a, a deal together with uh, carl and we did eight races and that was just uh, i think two years ago and so I jumped into, I remember that the first race I go to, this will blow your mind. It's Bristol, Tennessee. I've never been to a NASCAR track outside of Las Vegas. Bristol. I mean, when you think of NASCAR, yeah. to me, it's, it's the first dirt race ever. And um, 
I come, there's this tunnel you can, and the people are taking pictures of you and you're, you're no, you know, they don't know who I am, but you know, the fans and there's all these people and you go through this tunnel and you come out and you're inside this arena. I mean, that's just nuts. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, you know, I'm watching these, you know, every Joey Logano walks by and you know, all these, you know, and I'm trying to just act like I belong. <laughs> Richard Childers walks up to me and shakes my hand. And I'm like, they make you feel like family. And that, you know, it's not talking about NASCAR. They just make you feel welcome. Anyway, long story short, we run a truck race and we are the starting vehicle for the first heat, the first truck race on dirt, like 50 years. It says my truck lift kits for less. Nice. We're the first and they go out. Uh, and uh, it was a draw system because there was no um, points. It was just draw and front row of the first heat race on dirt. And it's my truck lift kits for less. Cool. And um, Mike Millar, you know, he's a big off-road guy, big, uh, mm-hmm. um, he throws it in there and, and leads the first lap. And so that goes down to history as uh, the lift kits for less. Mike Marlar uh, led the first uh, lap of trucks Wow. Red flag comes out. There's mud everywhere. No one can see anything. And we're, we're relinquished all the way to start uh, the race basically dead last. Cause we had no points and uh, they can't <laughs> eat races because of rain. But for about two and a half minutes, I was the luckiest guy in that arena. <laughs> it was a very special moment for me. It so. sounds like it. I love it. Now, is there a, a great book you'd like to share with our listeners? We love books here at cars. Yeah. Well, I don't have a, I don't have a, I'm a, I guess I'm a bit of a dreamer and uh, just always be, I kind of loved, you know, Huckleberry Finn and, and all those, uh, the stories of adventure as a young boy. But yeah. when I was a little kid, I just fell in love with it, where the red fern grows. Oh and yeah. Classic. Just my favorite as a kid. So that's a classic. So I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive here. I'm going to be a bit of a benefactor sponsor, whatever you want to call me. I have a big checkbook. I'm going to buy you any vehicle in the world. You can drive it anywhere, but here's the key. You could take anybody with you, even somebody who's no longer with us, somebody from the past, which opens up a wide variety of options for this ultimate drive. So what does it look like for you? Uh, that's uh, That sounds fun. I would like to do a cross-country a derby race when, you know, trying to evade the, the cops. and um, So like a gumball rally type thing? Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. And I guess I'd want to bring someone with me. You know, I just love adventure and I love uh, risk and uh, probably would probably would want someone who is, uh, you know, along for that. And I just love, I love everybody. I and mean, I love learning from people and hearing their stories. So cross country adventure. I don't know if I could single it into one person, but uh, probably um, I love business and uh, you know, you can love or hate Donald Trump, but man, if I could get him in a car across the country and just, pick right, it, so, yeah, I think that would be an adventure. I, I love America and I love entrepreneurship and I love capitalism and, uh, Donald has a lot of things you can love and there's a lot of things not to love, but uh, just to get him where he's himself and not in front of a camera, I think it'd be fun to learn about his, uh, his adventures. You know, sometimes when you get people by themselves and I had a friend like this, his name is Bruce Levin. He ran an incredibly successful business, became very wealthy and then bought a racing team, uh, Bayside racing. And he had people like Ray Hall, 
driving for him. Uh, Hurley Haywood. I mean, serious racers. This was back in the day, the 962 Porsches and so forth. And then he learned about how to uh, turn a large fortune into a small fortune, and that is start a racing team. That old cliche. But the thing about him is when you got him in front of a crowd, he was a bit obnoxious. And I say that we've lost him a few years ago to cancer, but he would laugh at that because, yes, he was. But when you got him one-on-one, and I had lunch at his home many times with him and spent time with him, he was a whole different guy, but he was so successful in business. You could sit there and listen to all of his mindsets in business and so forth. And I think that would be probably, a, I hope it would be a little bit of that drive across country uh, with with Donald. What car would you like to be in? Because I'm providing you with any kind of car. And since you want to listen, maybe something fast and quiet, like a, a big Bentley or, <laughs> you know. I love electric cars. I love electric cars. Uh, not because they're clean. They are fast. <laughs> yep. I want something, but it has to be, have a 2000 mile range. So it, it's going to Something in the future. <laughs> yeah, I have to be in the future. So. Okay, I'll work. I'll get to work on that. You've taken us on a, a fun ride today. I, I had a feeling this would be pretty fun. I want to do a shout out to uh, Deja McMillan at Digital Ignite for putting us together because uh, I get a lot of great guests referred to me by other people uh, and definitely you uh, fit the bill here. I knew this was going to be fun. Before I let you go though, could you share maybe some words of inspiration, a success quote or a mantra that you found proved successful for you? Sure. <laughs> I, I just think that um, so many setbacks in life, can you can really um, get down on yourself and see those as really um, failures. Mm-hmm. But it's those failures that are going to give you the confidence to succeed in the future. And the confident uh, success is, I think, I think it's, it's, a, it's unfortunate when people deem financial success as success. I think that for me, success is having a healthy, loving family. Money is important and it's required to survive. But uh, don't let those failures seem like failures. Just they're, they're just baby steps and learning. You can have um, horrible things happen to you in your life. And don't let that define you. Use it. Make yourself stronger. It will help you get through the tough times in the future. So. Well said. How can people learn more about you and your businesses? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. It's Chris. Uh, it's just the at sign AP, the number four, and then less. I try to post quite a bit about uh, our company. We are publicly traded. Our ticker is FLES. We are OTCQB level. We just launched Auto Parts for Less. In fact, we announced that at SEMA. Uh, we currently have around 2 million parts loaded on the platform. We're early, early in this journey. So if you go looking for a part right now, you may or may not find one for your vehicle, uh, but sellers are joining every day as we uh, as we take back our industry and be, create the world's first dedicated uh, vertical serving the parts industry. Um, but that's who we are, Auto Parts for Less. Check us out. Absolutely. And uh, I'm really happy to have you on the show. Maybe the first podcast you've been on since you launched. Yes, there sir. you go. I got a little bit of a scoop here. I love it. Christopher, thank you for spending time sharing your vision, sharing your life, which is really a tremendous story of success. Dusting yourself off many times, sometimes very literally, it sounds like, uh, as you uh, went through life. Bravo to what you're doing. Bravo to what you've done and what you've become. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Awesome. Uh, Awesome. This was fun, for sure. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!